Bill Corbett, author of the book Love, Limits, and Lessons. Thanks for downloading and listening to this podcast titled Eight Tips for Happier Holidays with Kids. It's actually part two of an interview I did with Karen and Ken, the hosts of the show Community Connections on WAPJ Talk Radio out of Torrington, Connecticut. They asked me for some advice that I could pass on to parents on how to enjoy the holidays more with kids. I've broken the interview down into three parts. Each one lasts about 15 minutes in duration, and you're about to hear part two. Listen in now as I present tips two through five for a happy holiday season with kids. And, you know, so well, the, on the restaurant thing, you were talking about that, saying your granddaughter peeks through the things, because I remember. <laughs> what do you feel is a good age um, to start bringing your kids out to restaurants? I mean, because I used to do it as, there was a restaurant we used to go to all the time. I would bring the kids in as babies, whatever. Um, it was a small hometown restaurant, and it was acceptable to have the kids there and stuff. Um, I mean, I'm not talking fancy restaurants, but what do you figure is a good age that you would suggest so they can start to learn, you know what I mean, how to behave in public and do, you know, this is how we sit and we don't scream and throw crayons and what do you think the the development stage of a child where they begin to understand their cognitive processing really begins to kick in is around 18 months of age okay so i'm you, you know what start that early and go to restaurants where you know take some chances where you might have to get up and leave and, and again they don't understand why do i have to sit here for so long so you know what bring toys for them to yes. play with make it kid friendly uh, go to kid friendly restaurants in the yes. beginning you know like uh, red robin or places where there's right. all kinds of stuff going on and where there's crayons where yeah. any, any yeah. restaurant that provides crayons <laughs> well, we use them <laughs> yeah I, I know isn't that horrible it's so funny but we used to have a friendlies in town and i used to love it because we'd go in there and get the crayons and my my, my 10 year old would look at me and be like really like i don't I mean, I'm I'm not ordering off the kids' menu, and I don't need these crayons. And I'm like, well, I'll call her, and I would just sit there, you know, but kind of to keep them in line, but... Yeah, and, and I've, we've gone to restaurants with my grandkids and, and made use of the different colored uh, sugar packets. Yes. You know, because they're now yellow and pink. It weren't like that when my kids were little. So yeah. with my grandkids, we play games with them. There you know, you, go. you have to make designs with the different packets and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot you can do. All right, fantastic. Now give us the second tip. All right, the second tip has to do with toys. Okay. And I encourage parents to cut down on the number of toys. And I think what parents do is they see all this stuff out there and they see, again, because they're suffering from the Joneses concept yeah. of all their relatives and friends are getting their kids the latest toys. They feel they have to get their kids the same thing. Or their child sees the Christmas circulars coming in the mail oh. and says, Mommy, I want this. Mommy, I want that. Mm-hmm. So they feel the pressure of having to go out and get this stuff. Plus, it, there's this automatic thing inside of us. We love to make our kids happy. Oh, yeah. we, we strive. We love watching that smile on their face when they open at Christmas morning. But I encourage parents to cut down. Pick a couple of good toys and then here's more importantly about the toys call the old toys out before the holidays get there just call out all the toys you know what um a great holiday thing is to go in your child's playroom and have them pick out maybe 10 20 percent that they don't play with anymore and donate them to a center that will take toys now i know all of them don't especially stuffed animals because of health issues but some will or maybe the mechanical toys they can and let your child carry the boxes and the bags and go in there and present them to the agency that is accepting toys but clean out some of those before the new toys come in see that's a great idea because i used to do that secretly either when the children were at school (laughs) or yeah i used to do that and i would go in and clean and do whatever and i oh i would take out see i i come from the the old thing you know if you're not using or you haven't used it you know it's gone 
okay? It's in the trash or we donate or whatever because I just can't stand clutter. And um, I would go and do that. I mean, I would come out with garbage bags full of stuff. And you know what? Sometimes they didn't even notice. They didn't even realize it was gone. And maybe like six months down the road, they would be like, oh, Ma, where's that, you know, such and such? And I'm like, oh, you know what? We donated it. Oh, and then they didn't even miss it. Right. I, I think one time I got busted. It was in the trunk of the car and they, they I don't know, they went out there for something. And it was like, what is my, this is my bag of toys? And I'm like, oh, whatever. It's going. But making the kids a part of the process of that culling out, that cleaning, makes them take accountability. And you're starting to set them up to be able to get rid of things, yes. you know, on their own. And I think that's a great idea, yeah. too, because it's showing them, too, look, at you're giving to the less fortunate or you're giving to somebody who's going to reuse these things and that they did a good deed. I think that's huge, huge thing. Absolutely. All right. What's your next one? Well, this is probably the most important one. It's taking care of yourself. Uh, that's uh, so hard. Uh, one of the things I think parents do is is we have in our subconscious what Christmas looked like, smelled like, felt like when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And so we try to recreate that for our children. And then it drives us absolutely bananas when we do all this stuff for our kids and then she throws a fit or mm-hmm. they start fighting with each other and stuff. And then we feel resentment towards them. You know what I've done for you. So <laughs> it, it, to keep that from happening, we've got to take better care of ourselves. You know, you need, we, we should be taking taking care of ourselves in many areas, you know, socially and, and physically and spiritually and emotionally. Emotionally huge. Yes. It's it's hard because, you know, I, I think today, and I call it a fast food society, in that everything I I feel, you know, raising, and, and my youngest is, is nine, but I feel everything is just so fast. Every There's so many more activities. There's so many places they're going. There's so many more things they're involved in. And I know as parents, you can control that. I mean, you know, you're not going to do six activities. But, you know, I just feel like there's just not enough hours in the day. And so I also, uh, you know, the, with my first child, I had that syndrome of got to sign him up and do, and he's got to go and run. And You know, the second child came along and was like, all right, we're going to do a few things we're not going to do that. The third child came along and it was like, yeah, no, you know what? We're going to take our time and fi- pick, figure out, you know, which one you want to do this and that. Now he does basketball and that in itself takes up huge time because of practices and it's a travel team and all that. But you know what? I don't feel so guilty that he's not because his friends are doing like, you know, um, the trumpet and they're doing um, basketball and he's doing hockey and he does soccer and he's doing, you know, I said, you know what? I don't feel so bad. And it took me the third child to get to that point and be like, you know, it's okay that he's not doing 16 different things. You know what I mean? And and you're right. Not much time in a day sometimes. There isn't. And you know what? It is. You're right. And, you know, to tell yourself, you know, as a parent, it's okay that, you know what, we sat home tonight and did nothing. You know what I mean? The other night we had the best time. Um, we played, and this is my all-time favorite game, Trouble, you know, with that little popper yeah, yeah. dice thing in there. Love that game. Played it as a kid. And uh, we pulled that out. And he's like, come on, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go here. I want to do that. I said, you know what? Let's sit down. And I said, you know, let's just do it. And we did this for like an hour. And it was therapeutic for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not only was I having fun, he was jumping around having fun. We were laughing. And, you know, I think sometimes some of the simple things like that, people just kind of get away from. And I don't feel guilty. Like I said, it only took me the third child in 20 years. But the third, you know, by the third, I finally realized that, you know, what? it's okay for me to just take a 
me time, even if it's for half an hour on the, uh, you know, on the couch or, you know, sitting down doing something for myself. Or on the aircraft when the flight attendant pulls out the oxygen mask. Yeah. That's it's a great <laughs> analogy. Yeah. It, they tell you in the plane, you got to put on yourself before you put on a child. child. It's the same with we got to take care of ourselves because you know what? You can be doing, going 100 miles an hour for yep. your kid, but if you're not taking care of yourself, your child's actually going to pay for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it yeah. is 629 in beautiful downtown Torrington. We're speaking with Bill Corbett from the TV host of the parenting show and uh, we're going to be right back he's going to finish up his tips for a stress-free and uh, wonderful holiday with your children but right now ken is going to give us um our sponsors And we are back. Oh, yeah. You're listening to WAPJ 89.9 and 105.1 FM, WAPJ Torrington. And uh, this is Community Connections. I'm Karen. And I'm Ken. And we are having a wonderful chat with Bill Corbett. He is a TV host of The Parenting Show, and he is giving us wonderful tips for um, stress-free holidays for children, um, for parents and children alike, and how we can handle different situations. And I believe we were we did number three, yep. and we are on number four. So. Number, number four is uh, teaching children gratitude, oh. uh, especially at this time going into Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. And there's a number of ways you can do that. For example you can uh, one one fun way is if you have um if your your family heritage mm-hmm. uh teach your children to say thank you in your home language or Ooh. your ancestors home language you know and teach them to say that that's a great idea i never even thought of that mm. Ooh, it tell kind us of cha- more. changes the whole concept of, of thank you um teaching them thank you is also say like uh, around the dinner table or when you're together with your children everybody goes around the group and says one thing they uh, feel uh, thankful for that's yeah we do that often that's a that's a good one and i like that i mean i think so many times we should probably do that more often during the year than rather than just thanksgiving but it is very fitting because this week is thanksgiving yeah and another thing is if you have little children uh have them draw a picture of something they're thankful for oh yeah you know because they love to draw and everything and here's probably the biggest thing especially during the holiday season um, get your kids involved as a family in some act of service to someone else. Mm. Uh, I know uh, one year when my kids were little, we volunteered to cook a Thanksgiving dinner and bring it to an elderly person who was a shut-in living by themselves. Wow. And so we got, they gave us the address and we showed up, uh, you know, the whole family knocked on the door and, and everybody brought, you know, some dishes and brought it in and served it to them and stayed for a little while and visited this person we did not even know. It was wow. an elderly woman who lived by herself and I remember driving away and seeing the tears well up in my kids' eyes, yeah. you know, because the experience, and they were very silent. They didn't say anything. They realized that everybody doesn't have moms and dads and kids and, and yeah. everything, and it, and it changed their perspective. So being in service to someone else, working at the soup kitchen or something like that. Absolutely, and that that's one thing that we're working on with um, a food drive that we're doing for the local um, Friendly Hands Food Bank here coming up, and um, our kids, are, uh, Ken's son especially, who is in eighth grade this year, is really jumped on this thing um he's really involved um he's getting a group of his friends together he's going to help he's he's already decided that he's going to do thank you notes for everybody that brings things down and you know what i mean so i think that hung the posters up yeah he hung the posters up today at school you know got permission went and did this on his own you know he goes to a school outside of um torrington and you know what i think that's something that's so valuable to teach your children it's teaching them to be grateful for what they have but also that there are 
less fortunate out in the world. And what a great thing to do is to help somebody else. And it does. It gives you such a warm feeling, you know, knowing that you're... It was like the toy thing we did last year, helping out with the... Oh, yeah, down. Well, I've, I've volunteered down at the food bank for years, and I, I was on the board of directors and all that stuff. And I go down there every Friday, and I work. And, you know, it just I leave there on Friday with a good feeling. You just You just do. It just, I don't know, you can't help but feel good about it that's awesome but to we have as humans we have this natural inclination this this uh, altruistic uh sense inside of us but sometimes the world covers it over yes. and we don't get to go there in, in that space in our soul and i think we need to do that on a regular basis and then the more you do it with your little children they're going to become adults that are going to recreate that because that'll be a part of their holiday memories absolutely absolutely yeah. no i think that that's a that's a huge one right there and like you said even the little ones like you said that maybe they don't they, maybe they can't express exactly, you know, what they're grateful for. But, you know, what, draw a picture. I think that's – and yeah. they could show those at the table. And you'll remember that. For absolutely. That absolutely. All right. Yeah. What else you have for us? All right. Number five is don't overschedule. <laughs> uh, and I know we want to be at everybody's house, and we we love that part of the holidays. We get to go places. But we also – it stresses us out. And it, it's, Little children weren't made to be dragged by their hair from yeah. one event to another. So have at least spaced them apart. You may have – have to cancel it's okay to say we can't make it this year yeah and have some times at home without the television on you know just turn holiday music on whatever you know we even i've even been guilty of having the fireplace on the on the television in the living room you know because we don't have a <laughs> yeah. real fireplace yeah. <laughs> you know have that burning ember the the yeah. what do they call it the yuletide log yeah. going on your tv screen <laughs> but don't turn on the tv shut the outside noise down every once in a while and and get back to basics like playing trouble yeah and, and and yeah. do something like that in between the the hectic shopping and and parties and stuff because you, if, if you if you don't do that then it it sets your children up to be stressed and mm-hmm. always be constantly uh, 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 and and have to go somewhere do yes. something and th- allow them the, the space to just settle down and do nothing every once in a while you know it's funny you mentioned that because when I growing up uh, I, I come from a, a divorced family and growing up one thing I remember is every Every holiday, no matter what it was, had to go to my mother's side. Then we had to go to, a, you know, like two or three places with my mother. Then I'd have to go to my father's, and we'd go here and we'd go there. And, you know, I have to be honest with you. I realized this as a parent. When I had my first child, one of the things that I set in place was this. Um, you know what? We are going to – there's there's two things, it, especially at Christmas, but I, I also followed it for, like, Easter and Thanksgiving and for some of the major holidays. But one thing I remembered was being stressed at the holidays as a kid because I, I had to go here and there and go you know and it was crazy and when i had my first son i said you know what we're not doing this i said we are going to either a have it at our house or b um just take time to be by ourselves and i i I held that all the way through with my kids and you know what what i used to do was on christmas day especially we would have it where christmas morning was at the house the kids had Christmas morning, they got up, they didn't have to run off anywhere, whatever, and we made a rule that, you know what, we're not going to have anybody or have anybody come to the house till the afternoon, and we had a nice luncheon or whatever, a big meal, all of us, just us, the kids sat down, they got to open their toys and play with them and actually, you know, be in their pajamas and relax and enjoy, and then by the afternoon, you know, they were, you know, showered, whatever like that, but it was nice that at that point, now we'd either receive guests or go out or whatever, but we made that whole morning into like, say, one, two in the afternoon just for us, and it was something that I don't regret, because I remember, like I said, having to go, we had to go to my aunt's, and we 
went to my uncles and we went here, my fathers and my grandmothers and we went here. And it was just crazy. And uh, I think that's something that people need to take into consideration a lot more nowadays is that, you know, make time, make memories for yourself. Um, you know what I mean? With your family, you know, if you don't want to be running off, then you don't have people come to your house, but at least make it so the kids are stressed, less stressed, you know what I mean? Instead of running around. Some of that I think comes from when, you know, when we were raised in the autocratic world, yes. it was very normal for uh, us to be raised where parents said, don't, um, you're going to, you're going to please me. You're going to do this. You do as I say. Yes. So a lot of us as adults now are still trying to please everybody, and we don't like saying no to people right. because our parents bludgeoned us into, yes. into always saying yes. Yeah. So in a way, psychologically, uh, we're still tr- out there trying to please our parents. So when someone says, oh, come on, you have to come for this holiday party, it starts t- deep inside as a no, but it emerges as a yes. Yeah, and you know, it comes out. It yeah. comes out as a yes because we don't want to <laughs> disappoint people. It's it, hard to do that. It is, but I, you know, I... I and it was hard, let me tell you, the first couple of years, because uh, some of the, the, you know, like, outside relatives or like that were, like, a little ticked off. Well, how come they're not coming? What do you mean? You know, this and that. Blah, blah, blah. And, of course, I used the excuse because he's a baby. You know what I mean? I kind of used that for a couple of years. <laughs> then it started to wear off about four. They were like, he's not that small. You know, but... Um, I don't regret doing that and instilling that in my kids that, you know, this is what we did. And we had family time and we did this and this is what we did. And they were not stressed. And it was just very, very nice. We were able to just enjoy. Had some downtime. Exactly. Yeah. Each other, but just have a, a nice holiday. And then, like I said, and, and, you know, maybe I was a little too overboard with, you know, not till two o'clock. But at least, you know, then, you know, everybody come on over or whatever. Or we'll come over then. But we made our own time. So. Don't, we can't live our life for other people, and you it's can't. hard to turn people down. But you know what? You, you gotta you gotta stop pleasing your parents as an adult and through other people in your relationships. Yeah. And and I know people are gonna be upset and they're gonna be disappointed, but it's your life, it's your kids, it's your family. Yeah, and you're creating memories. Absolutely. You've been listening to the second of three parts of a 45-minute interview I did on WAPJ Talk Radio. If you would like more help with discipline and parenting, please visit my website, www.cooperativekids.com. Making the world a better place to live begins by helping our children find their purpose. All information on this recording is the property of Bill Corbett and Cooperative Kids. Copyright 2012, Cooperative Kids Publishing.